Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. had a casket here and a dead person laying in that casket and you went over to that person and you insulted them they wouldn't respond perhaps you waved some money before them and said listen here's all the money you want they wouldn't respond they're dead when a person truly is dead they're not going to respond to this world reaching up high with arms open wide we see you're changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet when a christian is baptized he identifies with the death of christ and with his resurrection pastor ed teaches us that as we are submerged into the water during baptism this is symbolic of the death of self our sinful nature is dead and can no longer be tempted by what the world has to offer. Then, as we come up out of the water, we identify with Christ's resurrection. This illustrates the new birth in Jesus and the beginning of our new life. We overcome the world by the power of the cross and will one day live eternally with God. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message entitled, Baptism of Jesus. We're going to open our Bibles to the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 3. The baptism of Jesus is significant. It teaches us that there is an example to follow. There's a lesson to learn. There's something to model our lives after. And I'm going to just read two verses from Luke's Gospel. Verse 21 and 22. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son. In you, I am well pleased. Do you remember when you were water baptized? Do you remember the events that surrounded that baptism, what you were feeling? I remember as a new Christian, saved several months, that I received a phone call from the church. I had begun to slip away. Saved only for a few months, I began to struggle with the world and with Christ. And I received a call from the church and says, as a new Christian, you need to be water baptized. And so I said, okay. And when I went and I was baptized, something significant happened to me. It was that spark that got me going, that kept me on the straight and narrow way. Because I contemplated what baptism meant. 
In the baptism of Jesus, we have an example for ourselves, a model that will help us in our own journey of faith. I want you to look at three particular points this morning. The first one is that baptism speaks of our commitment to Christ. In Matthew 28, 19, it reads, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Jesus gave the commission to his disciples, to his apostles. He said, go throughout the earth, make disciples. A disciple is a learner. Someone who will emulate the life of the Master. Someone who will model his life after Christ's life. And so Jesus told his apostles, go to the four corners of the earth, make disciples, baptizing them. Baptism symbolized their commitment. On the day of Pentecost, the very first sermon in the church preached was preached by Peter. At the end of his message, he concluded it with a call to everyone to be baptized. Uh, If you look at the text in Matthew 2.38, you see it's an individual matter. Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you, every one of you, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. He was asking them to identify with Jesus Christ as Messiah. Every one. It's an individual choice. You must make the choice, not someone else. Your mother, your father can't choose for you. You have to choose for yourself. As you respond to the message of salvation, you respond by saying, I'll be baptized. I'll follow Christ. I'll be initiated into the church of our Lord Jesus Christ. We may remember the chorus that sometimes we sing, I have decided to follow Jesus. He says, I have decided to follow Jesus. I've decided to follow Jesus. And the chorus goes on, no turning back, no turning back. And it says also, though none go with me, still I will follow, still I will follow, no turning back. It's an individual matter. You must decide, I'm going to follow Christ. Your wife can't do it for you. Your husband can't do it for you. You must make that individual decision to follow Christ. When you follow Christ, you're saying, I am promising to model my life after Him. But it's not only an individual matter, this commitment to Christ. It's also a corporate matter. In Acts 10.48... And he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. What had happened? A Jew, Peter, had preached to Gentiles. And the Gentiles in the house of Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, while Peter was preaching, were baptized in the Holy Spirit and began speaking in tongues. And Peter does something revolutionary for that day. Peter says, let's baptize them. That was revolutionary because 
in those times, in the early church, they felt that a person must become a proselyte first, must take on the Jewish rituals and customs. And they bypassed all of those rituals and customs and they didn't become Jewish first. They weren't circumcised or anything. Immediately, Peter welcomes them into the church. And in Acts chapter 11, there's a long discussion, a debate. They call Peter on the carpet. And Peter explains that God just sovereignly chose them and brought them into the church by filling them with the Spirit and that he couldn't resist God and it was God that brought them into the body. So here, Jewish believers will embrace Gentile believers who are still eating pork, who are not following the Jewish customs, who are not Jewish in their lifestyle. When a person is baptized, they make an individual commitment, but it's a corporate matter because it's a a matter of embracing people who are diverse from us, different from us. In our church, we're multicultural. People come from various backgrounds, but we embrace Jesus Christ with all of those cultural differences. Uh, People get some saved, and sometimes the changes take a long time in their life. I remember when I accepted Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. Some things just happened right away. Some things took a long time to happen. Some things are still happening in terms of sanctification. And that's true with every one of us. And when we're brought into the body of Christ, we learn to put up with one another. Uh, We learn to forbear one another. We learn to forgive one another. There's this commitment to Christ and this commitment to His body and to commitment to embrace whom He has embraced. I like the way Bob Phillips puts it in Dancing with Porcupines. He said, Most people these days desperately seek acceptance, fellowship, and warm relationships. But we have so many uh, spiny quills sticking out that every time we get close to someone, we porcupine them away. Well, that's a good way of putting it. Life in the church is not perfect. Life in the church oftentimes is far less than perfect because We all have flaws and faults and differences. But it's a commitment when I'm baptized. I'm baptized into Christ. I'm baptized into the body of Christ. It's a commitment to Christ. It's an individual commitment. It's a corporate commitment to follow Him and to embrace one another. I notice that sometimes couples, when they're preparing to get married, look so starry-eyed at one another, and they think their marriage is going to be uniquely different than every other marriage. And so, with anticipation, they never think that the honeymoon will end. But the reality is, marriage is a refining process. Over the years, you refine one another. Uh, You help one another change and grow. And that's the way it is with the church. 
We refine one another. We help each other grow and progress in the things of God. There's this commitment that we have that baptism speaks of. So it doesn't only speak of our individual and our corporate commitment. There's something else that speaks of our obedience to Christ. The baptism of Jesus was no easy thing for Jesus to do. Think with me for a moment. Uh, When John sees Jesus come down to be baptized, his response is, I need to be baptized by you. But Jesus responds in verse 15 of Matthew 3. Jesus replied, let it be so now. It's proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. It's amazing. Who's at that baptism? Now, a Jew felt that he had no need of baptism. It was for Gentiles. It was for proselytes. Jews felt, at that time, we're Abraham's children. But John the Baptist, this Jewish prophet, is by the river out in the wilderness calling the nation back to revival. God's word had been rare. It was a time of spiritual dearth in Israel. But here John the Baptist is calling them back. And and if you look at the crowds that gather, there are the tax collectors, the prostitutes, the outcast, as well as the religious leaders, but they stand off at a distance. But, But you see the common people willingly listening. Now, if they would have set up tables, perhaps, at the River Jordan, and they would have said, okay, you're coming to be baptized. Uh, We need to know what your worst sin is. Maybe someone would stand and say, "Uh, my worst sin is um, I've stolen from my boss. I've cheated. Okay. Thief, what's your worst sin? Well, my worst sin is I committed adultery. Okay, adulterer. Uh, what's your worst sin? Well, I, 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 I lied. I, I, I gossiped and I destroyed another person's character. And uh, okay, your worst sin is you're uh, a gossiper. Now, all of these tags on people. And Jesus comes to the table. What's your worst sin? He never sinned. He never did anything wrong. Why are you here? Well, because I'm going to represent uh, the adulterer, the thief, the gossiper. Give me their name tags. And he goes into the baptisms of water and he represents them. See, Jesus came to fulfill all righteousness. At that moment, he was identifying with lost humanity. He was beginning his mission. He was obedient in that he humbled himself. When we look at baptism, we think of the obedience of Christ Richard uh, R.C. Lenski said, He is the sinless one, the very Son of God. He chooses to put himself alongside 
all sinful ones from whom John the Baptist was ordained. What is Jesus doing at this moment? He's identifying with lost humanity. He's obedient to the mission, to the call that the Father placed on him. In Matthew 28, 19-20 it says, Therefore go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Everything I've commanded you. In baptism, we're saying we're going to obey like Christ obeyed. We're going to listen like Christ listened. The wife has the right to leave her husband who's committed adultery. The Bible says you have the right. But instead, she's compassionate and she forgives. Not a lifestyle, but she forgives that moment, that failure, that fault. Uh, That other person endures being wronged, being spoken about being hurt. Why? Because they're obedient to Christ. They take the high road, the hard road, the more difficult path. Even as Jesus set before us this example, He identified with sinful humanity. And so the church identifies with its sinful community. And we go the second mile with others. Obedience marking our steps. Baptism speaks not only of the obedience of Christ and our obedience. Baptism speaks of our identification with Christ. Oh, I I love Romans chapter 6. I wish we had enough time to just take it all apart. But briefly in Romans 6, 3 to 5, Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. If we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. When a person is baptized, Paul the Apostle is making the point about sin. They were those in the church who said, listen, we could go on sinning. We could go on doing what we want to do because we're saved by grace. And Paul is saying, no, look back to your baptism. When you were baptized in water and you were immersed, it spoke of being dead. You're dead. If we had a casket here and a dead person laying in that casket and you went over to that person... And you insulted them. They wouldn't respond. Perhaps you waved some money before them and said, Listen, here's all the money you want. They wouldn't respond. They're dead. When a person truly is dead, they're not going to respond to this world. We're dead with Christ We're called to live a different life. We're citizens of heaven. And so we're to think about our lives in terms of being dead to this world, dead to its temptations, dead to its pull, dead to the world's influence. But 
we're alive. It says we may have a new life in the text. We too may live a new life. If any man be in Christ, behold, all things become new. He's a new creation in Christ. When a person accepts Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, they're new. They live a brand new life. You know, when you accept Christ, you just don't do the same things you once did. New value system, new world views. And then, the promise we will certainly be united with him in his resurrection will be raised. That's the hope that one day we'll be raised in a resurrection. Communion is symbolic. The bread speaks of the body. The cup of grape juice, wine speaks of the blood. So baptism is symbolic. It, it speaks of being dead as a person is baptized and immersed in water. And as they're left there, it speaks of their death. And as they are raised up out of the water, it speaks of a brand new life. The sins are left behind. And, and they're raised a new person. They're raised in the grace of God. I love verse 22 in Luke's Gospel. It says, And the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, with whom I am well pleased. With you I am well pleased. At that moment, he says, You are my beloved Son. So much of life, people try to be accepted. I mean, they want to be accepted by others. So they try to dress in the right clothes or they try and drive in the right automobile or they try and give the right persona. And in all those things, there's this need to feel a, a self-acceptance. When you are accepted by the Father, that meets your deepest need of self-esteem. Jesus heard the Father speak, and perhaps this is the very first time he heard the audible voice of the Father. It's the first time we know from Scripture that this is recorded. And so the Father says, you're my beloved Son. The question would come again and again when Satan tempted him, if you are the Son, if you are the Son of God. If you are the Son, trying to question what God confirmed at his baptism. But at this moment, he says, you're my beloved Son. To know that you are loved by God releases you from striving and, 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 and from trying to accomplish this and that, to find a measure of success, to find a measure of self-acceptance and self-esteem, to know that God himself says to you, Beloved, beloved, beloved. Do you sense that? That God looks down at you and says, Beloved? That's what our baptism speaks of. Our identification with Christ. That when God the Father looks at us, He doesn't look at us as failures, but He looks at us as though we had lived a perfect life. He sees us through the life of Christ, and He accepts us 
fully, completely. You will not be any more accepted in eternity, a thousand years from now, than you are this moment. Fully accepted. Because God sees you as he would see his son. Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's more to come from Pastor Ed's teaching through the Gospel of Luke. We encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and select today's date from the Building in Faith media player. Again, that's buildinginfaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to buildinginfaithradio.com and clicking on today's date. There, you'll find all the options to share. Now, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the Word of God, right here on Building in Faith. Your Word restores.